politics, culture, chaos. It's time to make sense of it all. It's time to have a little fun. This is your afternoon dose of sanity. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. Indeed it is, and the White House can't figure out how all these Democrat states can suddenly defy science and allow the masks to come off our children. They can't figure it out. I'll tell you the answer, because people have had it. Enough is enough. And they know the science has been literally, literally, all over the place. Good afternoon. How are you today? Welcome to the Afternoon Podcast. It's great to have you with us. Figuring out what I should watch right now. Do I watch the Olympics? Just kidding. No chance of that. All right. How's your day going today? All right. So far, so good. So far, so good. 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 Excellent. Uh, interestingly enough, as uh, National Review pointed out, two mask optional school districts have been suspiciously uh, hit with identical suits alleging violations of the Americans with Disabilities Act. Hmm. That sounds kind of strange, right? On the heels of the Pennsylvania Supreme Court ruling we talked about today that put the kibosh on a statewide school masking mandate, lawyers and PA are trying a new track to reinstate a classroom mask requirement, suing individual school districts in federal court on the grounds that they are failing to protect medically vulnerable children. Hmm. Over the last month, at least nearly four identical lawsuits have been filed in Pittsburgh and Philadelphia area school districts that recently made masks optional, accusing them of accusing the districts, of course, of violating the ADA, the Americans with Disabilities Act, Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act, a civil rights law prohibiting discrimination on the basis of disability. Now, what's interesting, of course, is that both of these lawsuits are coming at the same time. At the same time. Uh, Michael Liebesinski, a parent in the Philadelphia area who has been following the cases, said, I think that what these plaintiffs are saying is that the school board does not have the authority to make masks optional. His district has not been sued, but a neighboring district, Perkyoman Valley, has says i fully expect parents in our district to be approached by the attorney around here to sue our district to keep the mask mandate in place using the same argument now jay chadwick schnee who's one of the lawyers who successfully fought the state mask mandate called the ada lawsuits a clever strategy saying the lawsuits contend that universal masking is the only reasonable accommodation to protect medically vulnerable students from the coronavirus Therefore, like upgrading air filtration systems, adding plexiglass dividers between desks, requiring social distancing, providing medically vulnerable students with KN95 masks. None of those things. None of those things cut it. He says the ultimate end game is to get a ruling from a Pennsylvania federal court or Third Circuit federal court that says, yes, universal masking is a reasonable accommodation and therefore school. If you don't require universal masking, you're in violation of the ADA and the Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act as well which could prompt school districts across the state to require masks. Now, this, of course, is the little game that they're playing right now. This is the little game that's being played. And uh, no surprise to me that this is what's happening. So you understand exactly where the left is looking here. Why is that? It's because the left kneels at the altar of masks and vaccine mandates. The one thing they do not believe in is getting life back to normal that's the thing that's what is consistent the left does not believe in getting life back to normal no matter what and they won't stop either this is a religion for them you understand forcing masks on our kids forcing vaccines this is a religion and nothing less they so fully believe us in their bones why are they so unwilling to allow life to come back to normal i'll give you the answer uh they love control they love control 
And I'll give you a great example of this. Uh, Justin Trudeau up in Canada, Manchild. Here is parliamentarian Rachel Doncho going after, after Justin Trudeau, Manchild Justin Trudeau, woke Trudeau over his attacks on Canadian truckers who he's maligned as racist and sexist and misogynist because they're protesting his mandates. Truckers who drive alone in their trucks, of course. Oh, hang on one second here. Let's go. Something that's been simmering of pain and trauma and frustration for two long years. And governments have not been listening to that pain and trauma, despite having rapid test vaccines and all different types of tools and scientific knowledge. Governments have repeatedly, repeatedly relied on harsh lockdown measures and divisive mandates to control this virus. Meanwhile, we are seeing a prime minister who today got up in the House and again, 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 othered Canadians who don't agree with him. This is a man for six years said diversity is our strength. But if anybody doesn't agree with everything he says, you're in the bad books and you don't get a chance to be heard. You don't have a right to be heard. Mm. And again, last week I brought I brought to the floor of the House of Commons remarks he had said during that six hundred million dollar unnecessary election. He said so many times before he called that election vaccines for all those who want them, vaccines for all those who want them. It's a choice. He said that repeatedly must have said it a thousand times and then with date within days of calling that election he was yelling into a microphone at a liberal rally that you have the right not to get vaccinated but you don't have the right to sit next to someone who is so to me that doesn't really seem like someone what did he say in his remarks today he said this is not a fight against one another it's a fight against the virus those remarks mr speaker suggest very different very different. So when it comes to an election and scoring political points and winning votes, the prime minister is very happy to divide Canadians and pit them against each other for their different personal health views. I, for one, am sick and tired of seeing politicians use this as an evil wedge tool to rip Canadian families apart. I can't tell you how much anger and tears I saw in the last election. That was six months ago. And now it's even worse neighbors won't talk to each other. I mean, Christmas family dinners. I mean, even if there wasn't lockdowns during Christmas, it's almost a nightmare to get families in the same room now. If there's one person who doesn't share their views, I mean, it's it's a nightmare. Colleagues at work. Again, last week I shared the story of a social worker, a young mom I met during the pandemic uh, on her front step. Uh, she was uh, sharing with me a story that she got Hero of the Year Award last year. And this year, she, and she had gone above and beyond to help people during a pandemic. Before there was vaccines, she stepped up, Hero of the Year at her job. And now she said no one would talk to her and she was going to get fired because of one personal health choice that she made. As much as others tried, there was no convincing this woman otherwise. And I just, I don't know how public health officials and public officials get behind policies that do that to Canadians. I know how they do it because they want control. I mean, I know that she's speaking, you know, from the um, uh, rhetorical point, but it's it's just completely about control. And Trudeau's a man-child who loves control. That's what it comes down to. Uh, excellent job by this member of parliament. Excellent job. This is, this is what we need. We need more people pushing back on this across the country. But I have to tell you, a lot of people today are fighting the idea that we're going to have no masks on kids in Jersey schools, for example. This is a real problem. And here's, and here's uh, the White House's response. Not, this is great, we're getting back to normal, we've got all these treatments. Like the Member of Parliament just said, Rachel Dancho, uh just said, right? We've got 
treatments and we've got prevention methods. No, it's they are doubling down, of course, on vaccines and and, uh, vaccines and masks. And that's it. As if nothing else matters. And the White House is all in on that as well. Here's snarks from today's press conference. Where we have great concern if it is if a kid or a parent chooses to wear a mask or a school district decides they should keep mask guidance in place. And there are leaders who are preventing them from doing that. Uh, that is the place in some other states. But our hope is that uh, states, leaders, uh, will look at the science and data about what's going on. Uh, they'll make decisions about local school districts. Local school districts have always made these decisions. That remains the case. Uh, actually, they don't make these decisions. That's the problem. Like, we've had this idiot running New Jersey for the longest time, Phil Murphy, who, by the way, could not answer definitively any evidence, could not point to any evidence that mask mandates have been necessary. Jake Tapper interviewing Phil Murphy, and he could not cite any specific evidence to justify mask mandates. And this is important because, remember something, guys like him have been arguing that they it brings them no joy, they have to do it, the science, the science, the science. When you call them out on the science and say, well, back up the science, the they Democratic can't. The Democratic governor of New Jersey, Phil Murphy, he's also the vice chair of the National Governors Association. So, Governor, two years ago, your state and New York were the early epicenters of the virus, and you imposed some of the country's most stringent pandemic-related mandates. Today... Cases and hospitalizations have plummeted. On average, New Jersey is seeing about 3,000 cases a day, down from about down about 90 percent from last month. Your state also has about 76 percent of its population fully vaccinated. So, explain to us why oh, you made surprising. this decision to get rid of mask mandates in schools. Good to be with you, Jake. Uh, a number of factors: uh, our case case count, hospitalizations, the spot positivity rate, the rate of transmission are all dropping like a rock. Number one. Number two, we're making progress with vaccinations of newly eligible groups, including kids. Three, we're optimistic that the under five uh, group of kids will soon have be- become eligible. Fourthly, we know. And by the way, kids, I, I don't know any parents who want to vaccinate their kids under five. None. None. I'm not. We're not. No way. Why would we let our kids be the test uh, for this? No, 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 no. For what? For what reason? Kids under five have no issues with COVID-19. I don't know. I, I literally don't know any parents who are willing to do this. None. Not even people that have vaccinated older kids or kids even uh, like around 10 or even younger. None. None. None of them want to do it. They don't want to risk it. They, they, they don't. Too new. It doesn't make them anti-vaccine. I literally know people that have vaccinated their entire family but still will not get their young kids under five vaccinated. So he's full of it. I'll tell you, this is all BS, by the way. With Murphy, this is all BS. Let me explain the reason for you, because, again, it frustrates me that people that don't know New Jersey politics think that this is about midterm elections. It has nothing to do with midterm elections. It has to do with his own ego, because he was going to get overridden by the legislature. And they basically said to him, you've got you've got 30 days, and then this ends. Okay, we're not renewing your powers. We're going to override you if you try to do another public health emergency. This is over. We have to show our constituents we're getting life back to normal here. He lost his power. He lost his support because he almost lost the election. And this is why this morning on the show, I cited Senator Ed Durr, who called me this morning, edthetrucker.com, and Ed said it. Remember, Ed beat Steve Sweeney, the most powerful Democrat, because Steve Sweeney did not stand up to Phil Murphy. So Murphy knows it's over. The game's over. It has nothing to do with midterm elections. It has nothing to do with, with people running for Congress. It literally has everything to do with the fact that they were going to override him and make him look like a fool just as he's getting ready to launch his presidential campaign. Because now he's launching this National Political Action Committee 
And if he gets, he almost lost re-election. Think about this now. Almost lost re-election. Came within three points of losing. Now, Murphy, in addition to that, if he gets overridden by his own party in the legislature, his political career is done. It's done. So he couldn't afford to do it. And there were enough Democrats who would have joined with Republicans to override him that it was over. So they gave him 30 more days. Everything else he's saying is, there was no way, if this guy had his druthers, there is no chance he would allow masks to come off their faces. None. None whatsoever. We have a little bit more latitude four weeks from now when this will be lifted in terms of, uh, of a little bit better weather and ventilation options. You put all that together, you analyze those data streams and realities it's pretty clear that this, in our judgment, is the right responsible step to take. I said today, we're not declaring victory, but we are stating affirmatively that we can responsibly live with this thing. And that's that's the reason we're doing it. As you know, uh, most states do not have mask mandates for schools. Uh, have you seen evidence that these mask mandates have been necessary? That nope. the spread nope. and mortality rates... Nope in states where they didn't have mask mandates uh, were far worse than nope. in places no, Jake, where they I didn't have mask mandates nope. like New Jersey. have not, Jake. Yeah, I mean, New Jersey is clearly the place I know the best, and God bless our precious kids no matter where oh, they are. Oh, shut up, you Please, liar. God, they stay healthy and stay Stop. alive. There's no question that masking in our schools since the beginning of the school year uh, has been a very uh, smart public health step. I think we've had just over 2,600 cases of students uh, with uh, COVID positive since the beginning of the school year. That's out of 1.4 million kids. Uh, So it's a pretty stark uh, piece of evidence. I think that this has absolutely worked, but you got to meet the moment. You try always. Okay. So again, he's got to meet the moment of his political reality that his power He's lost the grip of his power. That's the moment he's got to he's got to meet this guy. And look, I know it's not easy for a narcissistic egomaniac like him to recognize that he's no longer the top dog when it comes to all this. That people would override him, but that is the moment that Phil Murphy, King Philip the Uncountable, has to recognize. Not undershoot the moment and put lives at risk, or overshoot the moment and add more stress and mental health challenges to the system. And we think this plan of a month notice. Uh, is going to get that as right as we can. Yeah, but have you seen data that definitively proves that these mask mandates uh, have worked? Uh, I I mean, the numbers you just presented are impressive, but are they different from the numbers in states where they didn't have mask mandates? Nope. No, they're not. Again, I know Jersey Jake the best, but I'm I'm highly confident, and I'm sure our health officials uh, could say it definitively. There's no question They've worked. There's no question getting vaccinated, getting boosted, and not wearing what he's masks indoors have it's all not been what he's positive asking. health. He's public asking health you to prove it. Compared to the it? absence of any of those things Can in the alternative. Last week, you met with President Biden at the White House during the annual governor's conference. It's been reported that governors uh, from both sides of the aisle have asked Biden to give clear national guidelines uh, about how the country can return to a greater sense of, of normalcy. Are, are you frustrated that those guidelines... Uh, have not been released yet. Joined uh, scores of other. No, I think that's a question that we're all trying to get an answer to. All of us uh, in in positions of responsibility. And it was a very good discussion with the president and his team. How do we migrate that road 
from pandemic to endemic? What does that road look like? What- you realize, and let's understand this, right? Nobody's declared this an endemic yet. I mean, think about this for a moment. He's decided it's an endemic on his own, but the World Health Organization hasn't, the CDC hasn't. Isn't it funny how we've heard for months and months and months, follow science, follow science, follow science, until his political ass is on the line, in which case then he's ready to declare it's an endemic and move on. You see what I mean? That's the reality. Believe me, I can tell you from knowing people in New Jersey politics, Phil Murphy was going to get overridden on his emergency orders. This has nothing to do with the science changing. We're not even out of winter yet. We're only in February. And last time I checked, March 7th, which is when this takes effect, still winter. Still winter. Could have could have a couple more weeks of it, too. All the way up until March 21st. Alexa, what day is uh, spring? Let's see. What'd you find from the web? Alexa, stop, 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 stop. Anyway. It's the time frame associated with it. We're t- we announced the step we're taking today because we think we can responsibly take that step. And I think we all want to get some comfort in what that future looks like. God willing, we're coming out of this. Uh, we're we're going to learn to live with it. Um, but I think we're all, again, searching for exactly what those mileposts look like. Have you tried getting those mileposts from the CDC? Sure. We, we, we've adhered overwhelmingly with the CDC guidance. The reason why we're making this step today is our reality in New Jersey. You rightfully pointed out in the spring of 2020. Ah, shut up. Your, your reality is that you have no political power left. Uh, enough of this guy. Uh, here is the Surgeon General Vivek Murthy endorsing shutting schools. If teachers don't feel safe. So there, there's something very fascinating, which is that Democrats acknowledge that shutting schools is bad for kids. They acknowledge it. Remote learning is terrible. They acknowledge this. But they'll do it anyway. They're willing to do it anyway. This is what we found in the New York Times, the Daily Podcast, Vivek Murth, um, Vivek Murthy, uh, David Leonhardt's podcast, when they did this big national poll. What they found was that, yes, in fact, the Democrats recognize how bad it is for kids to do this. But they're still willing to do it. They're still willing to do it. So here, for example, here is the Surgeon General of the United States, Vivek Murthy, agreeing that, yes, schools should close if teachers don't feel safe. Got it? Even with Omicron, uh, Senator, even though it was more transmissible, we were advocating for schools to stay open and to use a safety measure. So if there's a shortage of testing, as there is currently a shortage of testing, nonetheless, would a school feel comfortable? The best science suggests they should stay open even if they cannot test. Well, so if a school does not have access to safety uh, layers of precaution, whether that's tests, masks, you know, if they're worried about the ventilation, if they can't, if they don't feel that it's safe. Uh, but, ah, but the non-pharmaceutical intervention did not find benefit from... Uh, those measures. And you're hedging a little bit, doctor. Uh, no, I, I, well, let me tell you, I'm giving nuance here because this is a nuanced thing. It's not black and white. Like when you, if you get, to get kids back in school, you need teachers in school too. If teachers are worried about their health, if parents are worried about the health of their children, then you need to have a conversation. Uh-huh. Okay. So, so I'm so confused. Do you, does that, does that, do you understand that? Do you understand that? By the way, these truckers in Canada blocking everything, doesn't it seem the correlation between shutting schools and shutting down Canada at the same time? It's it's none of this is based on anything other than politics. I mean, you realize that, right? The pressures of politics, and that's all it is. It's just pure politics. Pure politics. The teachers union have incredible, incredible power 
over Democrats and Democrat policies. Much like how Justin Trudeau, um, he doesn't care about truckers, for example. They have no political power with him. So he won't release the mandates or do anything. It's all about constituencies with this virus. In such a big way, it's about constituencies. Here's Murthy continuing here. When it comes to masks, Senator, what we know, we've learned in the last few years in particular, is that masks are a helpful tool to help reduce spread of the virus. When we look at schools, in fact, that have masking, there is less spread and there are, in fact, fewer school closures as a result of there being less spread of the infection. Now, do, do parents in an ideal setting want their kids in masks? No parent would want a mask if it's not needed. Um, but I think what our goal should be is to get to a place where we can pull back on these uh, types of restrictions. When is that place? Where, where is that place? Where, when, when, where is that place? When, when? When we hit zero, when we hit zero, because that's what Randy got Weingarten, teacher's boss Randy Weingarten says, when there is zero COVID transmission, I kid you not, zero. What Dr. McBride just told us about masks not particularly being effective for children, what's the argument against taking off masks in schools? Well, the argument is that you have, well, let me just say this. I am in favor of an off-ramp on masks. Right. The real issue becomes... Are, is, the, is, is the spread low enough so that there's no dissemination or transmission in schools? And it's not the teachers transmitting to kids. Um, it's more kids and kids, particularly in elementary schools right now. And so the question really becomes, do we have, that's why I like what Massachusetts has done, because what they've said is that on a school-by-school school basis, they said if there's 80% vaccination rates, then those schools can lift the mandates. Well, <laughs> I know a lot of parents that don't want to vaccinate their kids, and they don't want their kids in masks. That's just the reality. Ask them. Talk to them. I talk to them all the time. I talk to parents all the time. I know these parents because I'm one of them. But here's MSNBC's Stephanie Rule. She thinks kids love wearing masks. I have to tell you, when my kids, when I told them that the masks are going to come off next month in school, knock on wood, they danced the happy dance. They did. They were dancing. They were thrilled, cheering. My son slid into the floor with an, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. They hate wearing masks. They hate them. No one wants to wear a mask on their face all day. Nobody. Especially not kids, and they can't see each other. Do you see that? I don't know if you saw this. It was a mom. I tried to find the audio of this, of a mom who went viral talking about how her, her, her student, her kid, ran into her teacher, I guess at a store or something, and the teacher didn't recognize her because she said she's never seen her face, never seen the student's face before. It's really sad. And now the data and the research are showing that, yes, these masks are having a very detrimental effect on kids. Kids are having a harder time recognizing each other, understanding words, being confident, all these things are there are, are a factor. But here's MSNBC's Stephanie Rule. Here we go. Dr. Gupta, do you think it's time for school mask mandates to end nationwide? I live with kids who are more than willing to wear their masks, and it's my parents who complain about my children having to wear masks, but my kids don't mind it. Morning, Stephanie. Not yet. So uh, here on, on February 8th, not yet. But I, I do think that as we proceed March 15th towards April 1st, which I think will be a watershed moment for the country where we will be truly at an endemic phase based on all forecasts, based on where we are currently at right now, which it doesn't feel that way. I do think that we're headed to a place where you can we can safely 
do that because warmer, more humid air will mean less transmission. In addition, we have population level immunity. Well, they love they love masks. They love masks. Not yet. Not yet. Kids kids are going to have to enjoy them for a little bit longer. You see the nonsense of this. So I started with the uh, show today by playing for you that member of parliament uh, who uh, went through, uh, did an amazing job savaging man-child Justin Trudeau. Uh, Here is the prime minister savaging all these truckers. Instead of recognizing that maybe there's a legitimate issue here, he's just going to trash these people, trash these protesters, not find common ground, not find a a universal place. Nope, just trash the hell out of them. Individuals are trying to blockade our economy, our democracy, and our fellow citizens' daily lives. It has to stop. You hear all that? That's what these people are trying to do by having the irony, I mean, excuse me, having the audacity, the audacity to protest man-child Justin Trudeau's mandates on these truck drivers. Let's cut through the BS. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. But, you know, look, this is the problem, right? I mean, that we're dealing with right now. We're dealing with people that have no ability to uh, to be rational with policy. That's the, that's the problem that we're facing right now. The Biden administration loves tech censorship. They love it. They do. And they want more of it. They have urged social media and technology companies to crack down, censor users, those who put out the dreaded misinformation. Snarks said on Tuesday last week that Spotify and other social media companies need to be doing more to stop the spread of misinformation and disinformation on their platforms. Echoing calls made in July for Facebook to remove posts containing vaccine misinformation. Now, I pointed out to you on the show today that vitamin D has been found to reduce COVID severity. This is what they found. Uh, So the question, of course, is at one point when people said, hey, take vitamin D to reduce COVID severity and the social media companies cracked down on that as misinformation or disinformation. Do you understand what I'm talking about? How this is a bunch of BS that these companies of these tech, these tech companies are behind silencing what is actually science. But until Fauci or whoever else, the by the way, where is Fauci? Have you noticed this? Where is this guy? All of a sudden he disappeared. All of a sudden these Democrat states are removing masks mask mandates, and Fauci's nowhere to be found. Where's the guy? Guy can't help himself. He's he's on TV 17 times a day. Radio 42 times. Where is he? Where's Fauci? Hashtag where's Fauci? Is he okay? If he sees a shadow, we have 16 more weeks of pandemic. Where, where'd he go? Where is he? I think, was, I think they want him gone. I think they want him out of the public eye. And he's part of the reason why people have had it. Him and his nonstop doom and gloom and doom slaying. I think he's part of the reason, part of the problem. So the Biden administration wants tech companies to crack down on you talking to the people you care about or getting information from people. And this is something that they want. Jen Psaki said, our hope is that all major tech platforms and all major news sources, for that matter, be responsible and be vigilant. Surgeon General Dr. Vivek Murthy, this is from the Daily Caller, took an even more aggressive stance toward Joe Rogan and alleged vaccine misinformation interview with MSNBC on January 25th when he said tech companies and media organizations have an important role to play in curating information and that we must root out misinformation. He said, quote, this 
not just about what government can do. This is about what companies, individuals recognizing the only way we get past misinformation is if we are careful about what we say and use the power that we have to limit the spread of misinformation. Both Starks and Murthy previously urged social media companies to take action against the spread of misinformation on their platforms on July 15th with the Surgeon General releasing a, quote, misinformation advisory intended to instruct institutions, including tech companies, on how to handle false or misleading COVID-19 information. The advisory recommended that platforms, quote, impose clear consequences for accounts that repeatedly violate platform policies. They must redesign recommendation algorithms to avoid amplifying misinformation. They must build in frictions such as suggestions and warnings to reduce the sharing of misinformation and make it easier for users to report misinformation, ergo narc on their friends. Following the release of the advisory, Snarks told reporters at a press conference that the White House was, quote, flagging problematic posts that spread disinformation. She urged Facebook and other social media companies to create a robust enforcement strategy that bridges their properties and provides transparencies about the rules to take faster action against harmful posts and to promote quality information sources in their algorithm. Remember that uh, the federal government is always threatening these companies with uh, enforcement and 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 penalties and fines. So when they tell these companies to do it, it's not a it's not a suggestion. You realize it's not a subtle suggestion. It's a commandment. Do this or do else. Do this or else. President Joe Biden echoed Saki's comments on July 16th, saying Facebook should do something about the misinformation on its platform. He said they're killing people. I mean, they're really, look, the only pandemic we have is among the unvaccinated, and they're killing people. Of course, we know now that uh, many people who've been vaccinated have had COVID. They might be less severe cases, not every case, of course, but nevertheless, Biden will continue that lie this is the pandemic of the unvaccinated for months. Biden later reiterated his calls to address misinformation related to the COVID-19 virus and vaccine in January, appearing to urge social media companies to censor content. He said, quote, I make a special appeal to social media companies and media outlets. Please deal with the misinformation and disinformation that's on your shows. It has to stop. Now, remember that uh, these comments were directed toward the real big perceived uh, spreaders of vaccine misinformation The uh, director of the National Institutes of Health, Francis Collins, implied incorrect claims regarding the vaccine should not be seen as protected speech. Isn't this like yelling fire in a crowded theater, he said? Are you really allowed to do that without some consequences? So remember now, if you question science, that's the same as yelling fire in a crowded movie theater. How many times has science been wrong? Again, I was very honored that Bill Maher used my food pyramid analogy the other night in real time. But it's the truth. I mean, how many times has uh, science been wrong? How many times has the government been wrong with their information? If we, if we still follow the food pyramid from the 1980s, we'd all be about 452 pounds. Mm. So many people struggle with carbs, and they were told to eat that crap. In response to a question regarding former President Donald Trump's suspension from Facebook, Snarks told reporters in May, platforms should not amplify certain speech, though it is unclear what she meant. The president's view is that major platforms have a responsibility related to the health and safety of all Americans to stop amplifying untrustworthy content, disinformation and misinformation, especially related to COVID-19 vaccinations and elections, Snarks said. Let me ask you a question. Do you eat uh, breakfast? In the morning? 
there's not an ad. I'm, I'm actually asking the question. Do you eat breakfast? When I was a kid, I used to love getting a gigantic bowl of cereal, the biggest bowl I could possibly find, going downstairs, turning on the TV and watching Super Friends. Super Friends was my favorite show. And Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, <coughs> excuse me, Flash. Um, I loved it. Batman and Robin. And I would get a gigantic bowl of cereal. And I would eat whatever cereal I could have. The sweeter, the better. You know, Captain Crunch, Frankenberry, whatever I could. Uh, if I had to be healthy, I would eat uh, like Rice Krispies. That was considered like a health cereal, I guess, back then. Anyway, if you grew up in the 80s, then you know exactly. If you go to the 70s, you know what I'm talking about. Breakfast was the most important meal of the day. Anybody still believe that now? In the 1950s, Big Cereal hired lobbyists. So Kellogg's Cereal in particular hired lobbyists to go out and lobby for them. And um, big food companies got behind all this. They went to the government and they said, look, we want to show evidence that breakfast is important because we want to launch a big campaign that says breakfast is the most important meal of the day. That's what happened. They spent lots of money lobbying in Washington. And before you know it, the recommendation was eat a big breakfast of cereal, toast, juice, how many people started their day like that for decades? And then we wonder why all these kids have behavioral problems. How many kids had a big bowl of sugary cereal before they went to school? How many kids still do? How many kids got fat? I, I wore husky jeans in school. I was a fat kid. I ate cereal every day of my life. I ate cereal for lunch. I ate cereal. For, and, I, and, then, and then I always had a sandwich on white bread. Grains. Grains. I was eating grains. I was told to eat grains. I was doing all this all the time. It was a huge coordinated effort by big food, big breakfast in particular, to get everybody to believe that breakfast was the most important meal of the day and then to eat accordingly. They spent lots of money lobbying for it. I guess at the, at the time you'd come out and said, big cereal is getting everybody fat and this has to stop. You would have been shut down. You would have been ostracized. You would have been told you are a menace to society. Does anybody start their day with cereal anymore. I mean, I know I, I've been in the grocery store. I see that they have cereal still. I'm just, I'm curious because in our family, we know better. Cereal's a treat on the weekends. My kids barely ever eat it. They weren't, I didn't feed them a steady stream of it. So they didn't really build up the habit of it. But every now and then they like Cheerios or something like that. But I don't know. I just, I, for me, it seems to be a situation where this is a great example of how politics influence money can guide government policy. And when you stand up against that policy, if it's not what the policy of the government likes, how much power they have to shut you down and to help the special interests that are guiding that policy, whether it's big cereal, big pharma or whoever else. It's why they want people to shut up about vitamin D. I mean, if vitamin D does help, according to this Israeli study that was done, it's a big actual scientific study, that uh, if it's true, then if it does cut down on the severity, well, then that may mean you may not need certain medicines then, for example. Who gets rich off vitamin D this day and age? So these are problems that are actual things. Uh, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot acknowledging the problem that school shutdowns had and even correlating that with a rise in carjacking. And by the way, did you know this something like once every, how many hours was it? Something like once every six minutes in Philadelphia, another car is jacked or something like that. Something crazy like that. Hmm. The heck craziness, absolute craziness. 
Uh, here we go. Let's take a listen to Lori Lightfoot. We started seeing this rise in cases um, in 2020. And I'll be frank and say um, in Chicago, um, there was a, a correlation that we believe between remote learning and um, and the rise in carjacking. Um, having talked to state's attorneys who were dealing with these cases in juvenile court um, and others, a lot of parents went to work during the day thinking their teenagers were logged on for remote learning only to find something else. And I asked, you know, is there some new market uh, for stolen cars? And unfortunately, the answer was no, that for many of these kids, who some of whom had no prior involvement in the criminal justice system, this was, um, pure border. But we're way past that point now. And we've got to bend the curve on this issue. We're past the point of that now. We're past the point of that now. Wow. Okay. Well, look, I think there's something to blame for carjacking. And I think it, yes, you could certainly blame COVID. You could definitely blame lockdowns, no doubt. You can blame anything you want. You could also blame woke prosecutors who will not relent when it comes to letting criminals off the hook because the criminals are, in fact, the victims. You can do that as well. All right, hope you learned something today. Or not. (laughs) I had a lot more to say. Uh, But I have run out of time. Anyway. These days are loaded up, aren't they, in the afternoons? It's almost like you'd want to be an afternoon drive because you can focus on this stuff in real time live on the radio but then again when you are an afternoon drive definitely give that up to go to mornings so you could get up at 4 a.m and then comment on stuff that's 12 hours old i'm just saying i'm just saying not i'm not talking about anyone i know i'm saying if if theoret- theoretically 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 speaking maybe you know because like i'm the smartest person that joe biden knows he's a grown man he is the smartest man I know. Thank I mean, for the pure intellectual capacity. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate. Thank you, Mr. President. I am definitely making that move was a move of genius, no doubt. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Have a great day.